Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. Broadcasting from the small business capital of America, this is WIIFM Milwaukee, an idea coach station. Stop wasting your life building other people's dreams and use your gifts to build your future. And we're here to help. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show, where we take your questions and hear your celebrations so we can all turn our small business dreams into reality. Today, we're talking about profit, sales, marketing that works, productivity, people, and the day-to-day roller coaster that is the entrepreneur's reality. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Now, if you want to be a part of this show, that would be awesome. You can join us by going to patmillershow.com and schedule a time. You can also grab previous episodes there. And if you're tuned in live, you can always click into the show as well. So on today's show, we're kind of like uh, reaching a very critical time for entrepreneurs because it's almost the end of the year. We're taping this show in early December, and that means that everyone is thinking about, okay, what am I doing next year? So a lot of folks are thinking about planning, and they're thinking about what's coming next. And one thing I want to advise you against, and this is so natural and something that happens to everyone, me included. In fact, I caught myself doing this this morning, is when you think about the future, it's really easy to get dissatisfied in the present. If I only had a fourth client, if I only had an extra location, if I only had five new team members, it's easy when you're thinking about goals to think about goals and then be um, not happy and pleased with how far you've already come. So my little suggestion to you is when you're thinking about goal setting for 2022, you don't lose sight of the victories you've had so far and you don't take for granted how hard you've worked to get to where you are today. It's something we're all guilty of and building to the future and growing things is fantastic just just don't forget about how far you've come already. All right, the chat line is open if you want to jump in. We're going to welcome our first guest. Please welcome to the show, uh, Michelle Zenisek. Michelle, it's great to have you on the show. So everyone gets a chance to know you. Tell us who you are, what you do, and how we can help you today. So yes, my name is Michelle Zenisek, and I am a tech virtual assistant. So I work with clients to um, so that they can have more time in their day um, to do what makes them money. I focus on those uh, the the technology part of running a business. So all the different online software platforms we use to run our businesses. Um, and I I actually just recently developed a, a program um, to help people who maybe aren't in a position to hire a virtual assistant. Um, it's more of a done with you program versus a done for you. Um, it's supposed to be like an online help desk so people can show up 
and we're on Zoom live and I would help them like if they're stuck on trying to like do something on their website or stuck on doing something in uh, let's say they're using ClickFunnels and they're stuck on how to do something in there that they could get live online help um, that's not via chat, which a lot of these platforms, that's how you get help is through chat. So um, it's just, it's very new. And I I think it's a, a really needed service out there. So I'm just kind of um, trying to figure out how to get it out to the masses. All right. That sounds incredible. So if I'm understanding it correctly, you've taken all of this knowledge that you and your team have accumulated, and now you're making it available to people in a one-to-many kind of format. People can jump in when they need help, but it's not a one-on-one type of engagement. That's really, really creative uh, and good for you. So you're talking about wanting to get that out to people. How have you tried to get it out to people? And when you say people, let's get really specific. What does that mean? Do you need 100 new people to play with you? Do you need five new people to play with you? Like, what are you trying to get done right now? So I would say I'd be looking at at least 10 new people to um, join this program and I've been, obviously, I've been putting it out on social media. I've been uh, talking about it. When I talk with prospects, I talk about it. Um, and, you know, just, you know, putting it where I can, you know, on social media and sending it out to my list, which I don't have a very big list. Um, so, you know, the, just the, your standard things that most people do to try to get that out there. Okay, great. So let's not do the standard stuff. Let's do something really amazing. Okay. So if your software support group software support can help a bunch of different people doing a bunch of different things, I would imagine that the time and interest would still be distributed around a few things. Like what is the most common thing or better yet, the most urgent reason People join your program and need your help. What software solution is that? Probably MailChimp. Um, Getting, you know, most people as they're starting out, they choose MailChimp um, because it has a free version and then you get absolutely no support with that. So that's where people usually need help. Okay. And there's fortunately about 8.2 gazillion MailChimp users. So it's a big universe out there. And if I understand, and I use MailChimp for a minute until I threw it in the trash bin and got Cultivating Sales Pro, much better, by the way, ask me about Cultivating Sales Pro. Anyway, uh, when I was using MailChimp, it was always like this. I got to get my email out to my group and it's already 10 a.m. and I've got a meeting at 11 and oh, oh, like it was always under the gun. Like I was never planning ahead with MailChimp. So there's a lot of users out there that will run into roadblocks. And I would imagine through what you're doing, if someone logs into your group because you're a MailChimp expert, they're just pressing the wrong button and don't realize it. Like you can really enact change for them fast. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So how have you gone out to try and help and find those MailChimp users? So, And the reason why I'm saying this is let's zoom out for a second, Okay. If you can offer enough products that your product line looks like Home Depot, you've got 82 different aisles, but everyone's coming in for refrigerators. If you want more people to join Home Depot, talk about refrigerators. Does that make sense? So if everyone, if you do all these different things, I don't care about everything you do. I care about the thing I need. And if most people or many people need MailChimp, how can you start attracting MailChimp users to give you a try? So have you done anything like that yet? 
No, no, that's a very good point. It's a very good point. One thing that comes to mind, and this might be helpful. So let's just pretend, okay, we're in a magical land of pretend right now because we're streaming live on Facebook, which is pretend to begin with. And this show isn't really on the air, but I make it sound like a radio show. So we really are in pretend land right now. Um, If we're in the land of pretend and I was building this, I would say, all right, I'm not going to talk about my free service or my service rather. I'm going to start putting on webinars and seminars for MailChimp users. And I would say, listen, do you use MailChimp? I'm going to do five fast ways to use MailChimp better, whatever it might be. And this is like the cookie monster stuff to you. But to a startup user, it could make someone go, ooh, that person really helped me. When I need MailChimp help, I'll come back to them. And you start curating a list that, as you know, in MailChimp, you're tagging as MailChimp users now. And you're saying, here are people that are coming to me for help for MailChimp. And then I would go to the next piece of software that's huge and start advertising that. Hey, do you use QuickBooks and you need someone to help you look over your shoulder for QuickBooks? Join my five ways to faster QuickBooks or whatever it might be. And if you get 10, 20, 30 people that come in on your free seminar, your help group, then you've now got a pool of people you can start marketing to. Because there are way too many products out there and way too many users out there to be a generalist. Is that something you think you take action on? Yeah, definitely. Have you definitely. done Have you done any pr- presentations or webinars like that before? Um, no, I usually like my lead magnet is a presentation, but they opt in and it's a pre recorded presentation. So, okay. um, but so yeah, I mean, I sort of, but not not exactly. All right. So, and let's just make it really easy. Let's just say you created a new office hours and it was 30 minutes long, 60 minutes long, and it was Mondays with MailChimp. And you went out and said, listen, do you use MailChimp? Join me Monday morning from nine to 10. It's open office hours to ask your MailChimp questions. And when they get in there, you're earning the opportunity to pitch to them. That's something that I'm sure you could spin up in about no time. And it could generate some definite leads for your software funnel. Do us a favor and uh, drop onto the recording of this episode and put in your link to the program because it sounds cool on top of all this stuff. The one to many software support. Uh, That's really clever. So, Michelle, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. This is the Pat Miller Show, where we grow, fix, and celebrate small businesses. And uh, we talk about these questions where we're doing the growing and fixing part. And then we do the celebrating part, which is great. So next on the show is AJ Cruz. AJ, it's great to see you, my friend. Uh, Tell us who you are, what you do, and what are you celebrating today, buddy? For sure. Well, I'll start with uh, who I am and what I do. So, um... I'm the concept illustrator at HumanWorks. Um, I'll start with the HumanWorks part. I'll go to the concept illustrator part next. Um, So HumanWorks is a pretty young consultancy, and our whole focus as a consultancy group is to elevate businesses um, by helping them elevate their people. So everything we do is through a people-focused lens. So we're going to strengthen every aspect of a business that impacts their people. That's how we make businesses stronger. And being the concept illustrator um, is kind of a unique title. So what that really means is I get to work on the backstage, um, on the ideas that we're working on, the services we're working on, and then I get to to leap all the way over to the front stage um, and engage directly with our clients and sometimes just with people that want to know more about what we do or want some help around their people. So that's what it means to be a concept illustrator. <laughs> and. What I'm celebrating today, Pat, is um, 
it's a win that you sort of started the show off with an idea that I think it relates right into this. It's that idea that everybody's getting into the planning season. Um, and this month, we've had the privilege of scheduling a, a handful of strategic planning conversations with our clients. Um, we've got two coming up next week. Um, and, and those two just feel like a tremendous win for us that we've got clients um, who believe in doing the right thing for their own business and their own people that are being proactive and getting this booked um, right now with us so that they're ready to hit the ground running in 2022 right away in January. Um, and those conversations coming next week, the two that stood out to me in particular, um, were, were a big win for HumanWorks because they're growing relationships that have really developed into a something where those clients trust us. They, they want us to be there facilitating that conversation, helping them. Um, so that's huge for for us, it's even huger for them. So that's the exciting part for me um, because of what they're gonna be doing for their business and their people. Well, folks that take the time to plan, is that's the first step. If you dedicate time to think what the future should and could look like. Uh, let's talk not specifically about the clients because we don't wanna air you know, uh, what they're up to, but I want you to look at it from a planner's perspective. When a planning session goes well, Talk to me how those clients feel afterwards and how they feel when they leave those sessions. Yeah, oh, um, that's actually a question that we try to work into the end of those sessions and the end of those those engagements. Um, it's the clarity, I think, that I, I always believe the statement, clarity creates energy. So they walk away feeling energized, but if you really had to dig at it and really and tax them on what do you mean by that, where's the energy coming from, I really think it's the clarity of saying, oh my gosh, we have all these decisions to make. You sort of feel like you're drowning all the time when you're bombarded as business leaders. And these, these sessions are with um, the, the executive leadership team of these businesses. So they're drowning in decision-making all the time when they can actually make decisions and then have the confirmation from the other leaders who rely on them and upon whom they rely. Um, when you get that all at once in the same room, whether virtual or, or real, <laughs> um, that's incredibly energizing for them because of the clarity they walk out with. And that clarity is priceless. When you know that you've gotten it out of your own head and communicated it to your team, that seems to be the place where I see a lot of business leaders go wrong. They know what they want it to look like. They have to communicate that to people. And oftentimes in the planning process, that's where you get the chance to do so. Now let's turn that on its head. When you have planning sessions that just, sometimes they're just not quite right or they're not done or you need to do another pass at it, what are some of the things that pop up that get in the way of a successful planning session? Yeah, I, I, the first thing that comes to my mind are the things that aren't said because they're hard to say, because it's scary to say, because you might be wrong. Um, that to me is one of the first things that could go wrong or could lead that kind of a conversation astray. So a lack of participation or the things that go unsaid can really derail that because, you know, in it's it's sort of like the Patrick Glencioni five dysfunctions of a team. The bottom of the pyramid is trust. You got to have that before you can have productive conflict, and you've got to have productive conflict in a, in a conversation like that. So, if you're scared or there's not enough trust coming from even one of the people at that table, to me that's what sort of can can throw the throw everything off off the rails a little bit. And sometimes when you're working with an empathetic leader, they care for their people so much they don't want to hurt their feelings. So sometimes they don't say what needs to be said for fear that someone might get their feelings hurt. And then that doesn't help complete the planning process. All right. So for the folks that are watching this, one last question, AJ, uh, as someone that's involved in these high-level planning sessions, if I 
being a small business owner, was sitting down at the kitchen table. I was getting ready to do my planning for 2022. What are some of the questions I should be asking myself? What are some of those big money questions that you really believe in so I can build my business better next year? Absolutely. Um, Here are some of the questions that came to mind right away. So walking into that conversation, I want everybody to come with their expectations for the day. And I want you to share it. I want that out on the table right away. I also want people to start, and this might sound a little goofy, but um, I, I want everybody to come with gratitude. You know, we we believe in um, think big, and big is an acronym, right? Okay, so B-I-G, be in gratitude. So when you show up, it's amazing what gratitude can do to your person's brain and, and, and the way they frame and think. So start there, come with some gratitude, personal and professional, just be human there, okay? Um, that's going to help the conversation actually happen. But then I want to know what's working and what's not working. I also want to know what your top three priorities are for, for the next 12 months and the next 90 days. What are those top priorities? Come with that. Um, but don't just come with that. Come with a process that's broken that you think needs fixing. Come with data that you need that you're not getting. Um, those are the kinds of things that I want people to walk through the door with. And, and you know you're going to get this from HumanWorks. Uh, come with your people in mind. So, you know, where where's the human part of all those questions? The process, the data. You know, what's working, what's not working. Um, are are there some needs, talent, things like that in our team that we don't have that we need? Let's have that conversation too. I think if you ask those sort of baseline questions walking in, then you'll be ready to have a really good conversation. I'm telling you what, that is an absolute mic drop moment right there. AJ from HumanWorks, congratulations in the planning sessions and. Thank you for coming on the show today to help us think big as we get ready to plan 2022. So I think we're off to a roaring start of this episode of the Pat Miller Show. We're talking about questions. We're talking about 2022 celebrations. We've got two more callers that are lined up to come on the show, but we still have room if you'd like to join us as well. So this show, it's a podcast, right? But we're broadcasting it live on social. And go ahead, test me. See the link on the screen, ideacoachmedia.com slash call. Come on, you got a question? Join the show. I would love to talk with you, and we can help you one on one live without a net. More callers coming up as we help you grow, fix, and celebrate your small business on the path. Running a small business is lonely and hard. I mean, we know that, right? But did you know it doesn't have to be? Stop networking and start connecting with other entrepreneurs on the small business journey in the Idea Collective Small Business Incubator. In this exclusive, worldwide community. We're sharing information, we're brainstorming together, and we're supporting each other through the highs and the lows of building your small business. Learn more about the group and get the feel of this show 24-7 in your small business. Visit ideacollectiveincubator.com. That's ideacollectiveincubator.com. Remember, it's your dream don't grow it alone. Pat Miller Show, next. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, a show built just for you, the small business owner that's working hard to make your dream a reality. Now, this show grows by you helping us out a little bit, right? Because we only have 4.8 million listeners right now. I'm kidding. We have like five. 
So we would love your help. You can follow us on Twitter at Pat Miller Show. You can rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Uh, But most of all, subscribe to the show and join our callers on their journey so we can all grow our businesses together. Up next on the show, a good friend of the show, Kevin White, is joining us. Kevin, for the benefit of all, let everybody know who you are, what you do, and, of course, how we can help you today. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Uh, I'm Kevin White. I'm owner, co-owner of The White Group. My wife and I together are coaches, as you know, and as is very popular nowadays. Uh, We help entrepreneurs build healthy teams so that everyone is free to prosper. So um, the reason I'm here is uh, I've been working, we've been launching our business and uh, I guess working on, you know, who do we help and how do we market it? And, and in this space, as you well know, there's just a lot of different uh, people, which I think is needed, but, you know, who are we and how do we do that? Um, and how, how do we do it better? Of course. And that's a huge question. You can take a coaching process and you can take a collaborative nature and put it up against any number of test markets. You know, left-handed florists is who you're going to specialize in. There's a big enough market out there to be a coach just for left-handed florists. Uh, There are a lot of different types of coaching out there. What is your part of the coaching process that gets you out of bed in the morning? Personally, I like to work with resistors, what we call resistors, the people that uh, are introducing the conflict. They're maybe too stressed. They're fearful about what, uh, what their coworkers think about uh, them or what they think about the business and whether they can move forward, all of that types of things. Uh, my wife, Jamie, typically works with business leaders about strategy and you know, growing the team. Um, so that's, you know, together we, we do different lanes. I'm curious why you like resistors. Are you good at them or do you enjoy working with people that resist the program? I do. And I think it really has to do with my own story. Um, that was me. I didn't realize it. Um, and I, I, I suppose a lot of the people that work with me don't think of me that way. But internally, I guess I identify with how when I switched my mind around certain things that I was fearful of, it just became so much easier. And um, today, you know, everyone I work with or people that I'm even coaching, it's just so much easier to talk to them, to communicate, to to figure out what is going to help them. As before, I was more resistant to, um, like, worried about what they thought about me, I guess, is, is the difference. All right. So you're working with people that aren't really on the bus yet, which is a super valuable thing that people would want to buy coaching for. I need to get all of my team members rowing in the same direction. Uh, So is there an industry that you really want to dive into? Because if we can figure out the type of people you help and what they do for a living, then you just have to ice down uh, what is your process to help them out. And you're really, you're getting close to getting out there and networking and, and selling your coaching program. So is there an industry that you're specializing in or one that you really believe in? Yeah, I've, uh, I guess I haven't, from a coach standpoint, I haven't focused on one industry yet. However, I, my background has always been IT. Um, I think we have a lot of resistors in IT <laughs> um, because, you know, we're all trying to be heroes, right? Uh, at least when we start out, like, that's how we think we're going to uh, succeed is if we're able to put out the fires. So, um, 
I guess if there was an industry that I have the most experience in uh, and some interest, it would be IT. Okay. So you're helping independent, hero-minded IT professionals get with the program. Yeah, there you go. Something like that absolutely works because what flip that on its head. Think about the person that says yes to your obscenely, outrageously high monthly engagement, because that's what you're going to build. It's going to be fantastic. (laughs) It's going to be so amazing. You can't believe people will pay you that much to do it, and you'll be worth it. But think about the project manager or the company owner that has, and you've seen this, a bullpen full of genius coders or IT people, but they just won't play nicely. They won't get on board. They won't, they can't unlock speaking IT to them, right? Yeah. So if you can make like uh, the human network as powerful as their IT network, or you come up with a way to say it like that, then you're going to the leaders and you're going to the managers and you're saying, you've got a great team. Let's help them work together. I know how to fix it because I'm one of them. Because my experience, very brief, but my experience of managing people that have a digital background or IT kind of people, always was, I know you know so much, I can't even talk to you about what you do. Because you know I don't know what you do. But I know you're not working like a good team member. So they almost need a translator like you that can speak executive but also speak IT. Mm -hmm. And coming into that world saying, I can help your IT network work as well, your humans work as well as your machines. Like, that makes sense to me if I, like, because, I mean, look at me, right? Like, I'm not an IT dude, for heaven's sakes. And if you (laughs) could tell me I'll get your people to work as well as your machines, Yahtzee, that makes sense to me. Where do I sign? Yeah. No, that makes sense. It's it's usually a people problem. It rarely has to do with the machines. (laughs) And as a coach, not an operator, you'll be working on the people, not their machines. But I love the idea of you coming from a very credible place. You're credible because you used to do IT, and you're credible because, well, you used to be difficult. And I say that with love, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So No, that's perfect. That, that's what I think about when I'm trying to build how something goes to market. And this can go back to what Michelle was talking about as well, which is really how am I different than everybody else? How am I uniquely qualified to talk about what I'm going to talk about? When you know why you're on the planet and you know what you have to say that's different than everybody else, man, everything else gets easier and you know how to show up and you know how to convince someone that you have something great to offer them. Plus, when you get that narrow, it becomes really easy to get referred. And that's when things get super simple down the road as you try and build your business. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. This is the Pat Miller Show. I'm, of course, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. On this show, we grow, fix, and celebrate small business. Uh, We've got another uh, person that wants to hop in. Uh, Let's say hello to Ann Rakowicki. Ann, it's great to see you, dear. For the benefit of all, tell us who you are, what you do, and how we can help you today. Marketing chef, and I help restaurants with their marketing either through DIY online platforms uh, so they can get their digital marketing done. I also do marketing advising, and I offer a fractional marketing department for local and independent, uh, independently owned restaurants. And uh, I'm here today because although I can market food and experience pretty well, I, I've got somebody that has a challenge with finding talent. 
and I don't mean necessarily hourly employment, they are looking for an executive chef. Um, this particular person has a, um, they've got three locations, all very different. They've got a very successful supper club. And the chef who left didn't leave for negative reasons. It's that these owners created such an amazing platform for this chef. He was able to move on and do something bigger and better. They're very proud of him, but now they have that gap. Um, I think what's different about what they're offering, Pat, is that they are offering an opportunity to lease, then become owner of the restaurant because they've got a timeline of when they want to get out. But what they're, they're having trouble uh, wrapping their heads around is how to message that so they get an excited, vibrant, creative chef who is looking on building not only for now, but for his or her own future. That's amazing. That's amazing. Because I would imagine, and I don't know, this will be a question back to you. People that are really passionate about being a chef, don't they all kind of fancy the idea of someday they'll have their own joint? Isn't that like part of the DNA? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of chefs do want that. They aspire to that. Um, and I think that what this opportunity would allow is for them to not only pave the way for their own success, but right, they could build themselves a solid reputation so that that one restaurant could become two or right a whole nother pathway. I mean, they've, they've got like a three, five, seven, ten, whoever, whomever it is, there's a path that they want to take. Um, and I think what differentiates these folks from a lot of other business owners that say they, they really have no previous restaurant experience. However, they've run and created a lot of successful businesses. They understand what they don't know. So this is not a case of micromanaging and run it the way I want to run it. It's you're the chef, your business, you run it as you would. But first, a lot of great support. But first and foremost, they need a great executive chef. That's, Correct. That's the first. So rule one is someone that can cook. Rule two, it would be great if that person also wanted to run the place down the road. Right. All right. So two things come to mind. The first thing comes to mind, and this is like it came to me really quickly, so it has to be done already. So please tell me that you've heard this before because to me it's like, oh, well, you could do the thing. And I thought, okay, that's that came too fast. Like that could be something that's already done. But the first phrase that came to mind was chef to own. Like this is a chef to own opportunity where you can come in and be the creative force behind this restaurant and then own the place someday. And here's the path that you, we're going to support you to get there. And you're going to cook your way to ownership. Like that kind of concept to me sounds so attractive because then getting there early and staying late is almost building equity. Like you're cooking your equity right. in a way. Yeah, absolutely. That also leads me to another phrase that we probably can't use, but you could say cooking the books, which would be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, so that's the first thing that came to mind is chef to own as putting it out there as a different kind of opportunity. The mm -hmm. other thing that came to mind, and this goes back to what we talked about with Michelle as well. My favorite way to find ideal customers is to host content my ideal customers will want to hear. And then they'll realize, oh, you're the source for that stuff. So 
could your restaurant owners or could you as the agency for them, could you put on a quarterly event that is a chef to own workshop where you bring in a banker that talks about how to get the money. You bring in consultants that talk about how to run the joint. You bring in menu uh, cocktail program people. You bring in menu people. You bring in the uh, food supplier. And you basically have a petting zoo of everyone they would need to know should they sign on the dotted line for a restaurant. And then you're saying, okay, everyone get together. And when everyone gets together, you're going to meet everyone you would need to know to own the place. And they would love to do it because they'd meet potential clients, but your folks would love to do it because they would find, hopefully, entrepreneurial chefs that want to come in and learn more. Right. And that all makes a whole lot of sense because you want to have a pipeline of that talent. You don't want to, because I I know that these folks had fair warning from their chefs, that's for sure. Uh, But just the way things are right now, how do you, and, and this is really good because it helps distinguish, you know, the first part of what we talked about, it helps distinguish these folks from everybody else who's looking for help, right? How do you present it? How do you sell it? How do you make it appealing? And I think the second part of what you said, Pat, is really important because there should be a pipeline of folks, whether they want to own or if they're a sous chef now or a line cook now that want to that they aspire to that position but there's more to it than just cooking great food there's more to being a head chef or an executive chef than just cooking great food so having those things like training food costing and things like that how that very very helpful in a pipeline and to create that pipeline the restaurateurs are not the only folks that want that pipeline Real estate folks want that pipeline. Bankers want that pipeline. Insurance people want that pipeline. So if you Mm -hmm. run fast and find a a handful of people that are influential in those sectors, creating an evening with a bottle of wine and some restaurant people, they would show up and it would start that pipeline naturally and everybody wins uh, from the concept. And I know that like we're just totally baking this on the fly, but I do like the phrase chef to own. I just got to say that is kind of fun. And again, if that's cheesy and like people have already used it, then I'm an idiot. But if not, I like that line. Either way, this comes back to a bigger concept. If you want to reach your ideal clients, attract your ideal clients by giving. Give, 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 give. Always give your content. You can never give enough away because people will come to you as a resource for that stuff when they realize you're a resource for that stuff. We have one more guest on today's show, and it's kind of a bonus because she was watching the show and she called in. So here, here for Leanne Lovely. Leanne, thanks for coming on the show. It's great to see you. Uh, so everyone knows. Tell us who you are, what you do, and what's on your mind today. What's going on? Yeah, I'm uh, Leanne Lovely with Baco. Um, I am a associate director of uh, client services or client solutions. Um, so I do business development. I work with clients and customers to help them find um staffing solutions in the accounting and finance, as well as support um, staff within an organization. That's amazing. You've got a celebration for us. Is that right? So um, I've been talking about um, launching my own podcast for for a while, and I finally um, got the advertisements or marketing for that out, and it's going to hit LinkedIn shortly. Um, 
probably the end of this week or the beginning of next week, but um, everything is is moving forward. I'm really excited about that. So that should be um, that should be coming out pretty soon. That's incredible. So how long has the process taken? Like, tell us when you first got the idea to do a podcast and how long it's taken you to uh, come up with it. Well, to get to my doing my own podcast where I have ownership of this, um, it's taken me over a year. Um, no, because I had, a, I, I was doing another podcast. Um, so, um, but once I decided to go and do my own that I owned on my, you know, that I owned, that it was hundred percent, my content, my decisions. Um, once I decided to make that decision, it's been a couple of months in the running now, um, getting all of the equipment, um, getting a studio set up that I could actually record at, um, and then making sure that that studio, you know, had the right sound, that it didn't sound echoey, that it was, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that is an entire process. And then on top of that, getting the artwork that I wanted, and it's not a simple, um, nor a cheap investment, um, but it's something I'm passionate about. All right. So, yeah. That's wonderful. So what I want to ask, and I ask podcasters this all the time, in addition to building a worldwide audience of everyone that has a podcast player, right? Why are you doing this? What does success look like for you putting out a podcast? Um, honestly, why am I doing this? Because I... I have a a couple of topics that I'm extremely passionate about. And over the last year, um, for the first time in my life, um, I have heard people starting to come forward and have these conversations that have literally um, at times brought me to my knees in, um, in this emotional state. And it ties into what I do for a living. And and I'm getting emotional here. Um, I'm a huge supporter of mental health. Um, Most of my life, I've lived um, being very hush-hush about the fact that I have bipolar disorder. Um, I was diagnosed in my 20s. And um, now that that is starting to tie into us working, um, us the way that we work, the way that organizations address that, and it being such an issue with, with so many individuals, humanizing the conversations that we have that surround the problems and the issues um, is is really important to me. And if I only have 10 listeners, as long as I get to have conversations with people and address some of these things, that's all that matters to me. Um, I just think it needs to be done. I think that people need to know that it's a real issue and that those who have suffered in silence for so long don't have to do that. So, yeah. Is that exclusively what the podcast is about? No, the podcast is, it is about bringing HR professionals, um, business owners, employees all together, um, not all together, but together and having conversations surrounding, you know, what best practices we can put in place to, make things work on a human level. And on top of that, so much goes into the empathy that I think we lack sometimes. And on the side of that, how the world is starting to pivot towards understanding of the human condition. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we are all 
experience life outside of work. And what plays a role in that is the emotions and the real life things that we do beyond just work. And I think by having just conversations about, you know, what you do and how you are trying to impact, for instance, a coach, you know, AJ, who you just had on, how he works with leadership or leadership Mm -hmm. um, to try to help coach how you work with individuals at, you know, organizations that all plays a role into employee morale and ultimately into how they feel when they go home. So let me interrupt you, though. You got goosebumps when you talked about the mental health aspect of being at work. And then I asked you what the podcast was about, and you gave me an entire People magazine full of stuff that didn't include that. Why isn't your show? But hold on. Why isn't your show Mental Health Inc. or Emotions at Work? Why, if that's what makes you feel, I can see you getting emotional just thinking about it. Why, Why isn't that the show? Because what really impacted me as a young adult was that I went into a job and I was asked for a doctor's excuse. And that doctor's excuse came from my mental health professional. And two days after I was terminated. And these conversations need to happen. And that is what drives me. The awareness, the, the, the inclusion of all different disorders, of all different, not just disorders, all different you know, things that impact individuals, that individuals may think differently. It doesn't mean that they're not worthy of a job. It doesn't mean that they're not capable of doing a job. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen to the next person. I don't think it would in our world today. I mean, this was over 10 years ago. Yeah. But for one person to have to go through that, for one person to, you know, feel ashamed that they have to call into work because they're struggling with mental health. And that comes from that comes from a community of people understanding in such a more such a broader way than just talking about mental health, because it's not just about that. I, I appreciate that, and I understand that you can help someone who's got irritable bowel syndrome and they run to the restroom too often and their employer gets mad, and I'm not making light of it. Like, they have issues no. that people can't see, just like right. folks that have mental health issues. The only reason why I bring it up is clearly your passion is surrounding the mental health issue. And in today's marketplace, adding more topics to be more well-rounded is almost directly inversely proportional to your ability to find audience and scale. That's why I'm encouraging you to, you know what? Maybe this show does kind of focus on that. And I know that you've got more reach than that. And I know you want to help everybody, but I just can't like, I just can't not say that. I have to say that. But I am also a complete nerd and I love to talk about what's going on in the world. I'd love to talk about HR stuff. I loved, you know, Mm -hmm. I am, I am truly the biggest geek in the world. You give me a topic and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go home and research that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's what makes you qualified. But that's not what makes you different. That makes you qualified. You're you're right. What makes you different is you're having the conversation about stuff they can't see. And you're having the conversation about what you believe in because it happened to you. And you will sound different, you will resonate different, you will touch people in a different way. And if you've already got it done and I'm totally like mixing up your, you know, 
crayons here. I don't mean to, but I'm just telling you. Two isn't done. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. As sure as I'm sitting here, if you really want to help people, get narrow, and especially get narrow, like I talked about with Ann uh, or with AJ rather, about well, what's the one thing that you're doing? How are you special and different? That was with Kevin rather. Like, what is the thing that really is coming out of the center of your chest, and you want to scream it at everybody? That's the mental health piece. I, you're right. You, I, you're, you are right. But it, it's not just that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just that. There, there's so much more to it. I trust you on that, and I believe you. And you're a talented host, and I'm sure you're going to kill it. The last thing I'll say is that's why God made zillions of podcasts. There can be the Irritable Bowel Syndrome podcast. You tackle the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning. Just so everyone can find it when it's live, how do we find it? Tell us how to get a hold of it. Yep. So it's um, it's Let's Talk HR, humanizing the conversation. I love it. And I assume that's everywhere your podcasts can be found. Yep. So I posted the the initial marketing piece so I could get it approved everywhere before the first episode comes out <laughs> in January. Uh, I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Leanne, for coming on the show. And I know that you're celebrating the launch of your podcast. And I'm so happy for you because as someone that's trying to get a podcast off the ground, I know how hard this is. And the last thing you probably need is some dude like me telling you how to do it differently. But I can't not say it. I have to try and help. And clearly you have a vision and you're on the planet to do something. And I want to cheer you on as you do that. So thank you to Leanne and Anne and AJ and Michelle and Kevin and everybody that came on today and you for listening and for tuning in on one of the Idea Coach channels. Uh, If you want to experience this kind of support every day, this is kind of what we're doing all the time inside the Idea Collective collaboration community for small business owners. That's the co-working family you choose and we walk with you as you build your small business dream. We do online meetings. We have 24-7 support. We have message boards. And everyone shows up with one purpose, to help you build your dreams. If you want to learn more about the Idea Collective, hit up my website, patmillerideacoach.com. And of course, you can subscribe to this uh, podcast as well at patmillershow.com. So everyone that watched, everyone that listened, you're epic and amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. I am on this planet to help you build your small business dream. Remember, it's your dream. Don't grow it alone. Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of this show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.